Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. God is in the whisper. I think we tend to be such a, uh, you know, come on, the Super Bowl's coming. We can't wait for to see the dramatics of the halftime show, right? Like it's gonna, you know, it's the costumes, it's the lights, it's the choreography, it's the, it's like the wow factor. Like, I think our generation, come on, be honest, we come to church and like, we kind of want to be wowed a little bit. Like, don't, I mean, you wouldn't be coming to a charismatic church if you didn't want a little bit of a wow. (laughs) I mean, I'm not pretending. Like, I know, I mean... I mean, I even got on the group meeting was like, bring those tam-tams and those, those flags tonight, you know? He was like, bring them and, you know, bring those tambourines and bring those flags. I mean, come on. I, I mean, you wouldn't come to this kind of community and this kind of expression if you didn't, if you, if you weren't drawn to that just a little bit. Come on. I'm not saying that's bad because it's not. Like, this is an expression. I love worship. I love God's power. I love how he breaks out in prophetic ways. And I love signs and wonders. It says it follows those who believe. And man, I believe for blind eyes to be open and people to get out of wheelchairs. And I, I mean, come on. That is, we, we serve that kind of God. The problem, though, is that we're so wowed or into the wow that we forget and we bind God up into wow. And we forget that God can also come and speak through a gentle whisper. And, and I don't know, and I didn't even know if I was going to share this, but I just feel like this is for somebody in the room. If you've ever struggled with an anxiety, you know, and I have, I mean, I've had straight up panic attacks, anxiety disorders in a sense, um, and had seasons of anxiety where I really was like, oh my gosh, when you have anxiety, the last thing you want to do is be still. You just, you don't want to stop because your mind is, you know your mind's going to go to crazy place. So you just keep yourself as busy as possible. You're like, oh my gosh, what can I read? What can I look at? What can I watch? And nothing, and nothing can calm you. Have you ever had anxiety and you felt like that? I remember the first time I ever had a panic attack and I was like, what is happening? And I didn't want to sit still. I wanted to move. And I was like, why, why? It, because I, I, I'm, I'm in this world and we're in this world and it's swirling around us. That calmness is almost so unusual to us. And what we really need in a moment of anxiety and in a moment of fear and when we're discouraged and depressed and to the end of ourselves, like Elijah, is to sit and be quiet. But what we want is we want some fireworks. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I've been out driving and cursing God and yelling and being like, write it in the sky if you love me. <laughs> if you care about me, make someone call me right now. <laughs> Crickets, you know, Crickets. No one called me, no one texted me, no one DM'd me, you know? You guys, this is real. I remember one time in my room, this is like, this is real talk, okay? I'm so tired and sleep deprived, I don't even care anymore, okay? I remember taking a magazine and just beating my wall, and I have no idea. I don't know what the magazine had anything to do with it. I just remember being so mad because I needed God to speak to me. And I was like, ah! And then I was like, oh crap, it got stuff on my wall. I had to clean it. 
<laughs> I was so OCD. And then I was like, that was stupid. Why did you do that? But we want God to speak to us. I know we do. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. I just think sometimes we struggle because we want him to speak in our way. And God is not bound up in our expectations or our will. If he was, he would not be God. Let me say that again. God is not bound up in your expectations of him or your will for what you want him to do. If he was, he could not be God. God is beyond our expectations, our will, our desire, our dreams, our hopes, the way we want him to do it. He's beyond that. He's bigger than that. He's better than that. So God comes and he speaks to you actually, not just the way he wants, but actually the way you need. And so we have this, we have this crazy text and I love it. I mean, come on, the Old Testament has some intense stories, right? And I love them all. But but Elijah's story here is really powerful to me because I think it's so relatable to this generation. I think many of you have found yourself in a very dark moment or moments or maybe even current moment where you feel like you're at the end of yourself and you feel depressed and discouraged. Here, And this is what's wild. And I think this is why I wanted to preach this message is because it comes off of the heels of a victory. <laughs> Elijah just helped destroy the prophets of Baal. Like one guy against 850. That's kind of like the most awesome fight you've ever seen in your life. One against 850. Like my odds are on the 850. Like, come on, he'd be making bank in in Las Vegas, right? Like the odds were not in his favor. They were like, he would have made, if you would have, if you would have put money down on, if you would have put money down on him, you would have been so rich right now. But come on, like, I'm crazy. Rob just said, she's crazy right now. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I love it. You, you, when you laugh at me, it gets me going. It makes me like, it makes me excited. I'm like, oh, I'm making Rob laugh. Um, but he, he just comes off the heels of victory. And so when it, I mean, come on, somebody who just like one guy against 850, like destroys them. And then one crazy girl, one girl. It's always a girl, isn't it? Peter. <laughs> Remember Peter and the little girl? Come on. It's always the ladies that scare you guys, you know? Jezebel, one lady, one woman, powerful woman in the Bible, uh, says, I'm going to kill him. And one person, one, one, one message is all it took to take his, to just, just knock him down, to bring this fear and cause him to run. Come on, one voice. After he's just like, I mean, could you imagine the people that are praising him for what he did? There was probably a lot more joy and praise for what he did than there was criticism, but it was the one critic that got in his spirit, caused fear, caused anxiety, caused depression, caused him to run and, and, and run away and go to a tree and sit under a tree and say, God, I'd rather die. Like, just take me. Like, this in, come on, that's, that's intense. Now, many of you just got done with retreat. God moves. It's awesome. We're at a mountaintop. We drive down and you already are feeling like Elijah in 1 Kings 19. And that's why I wanted to preach it on this, honestly, is because we sometimes get off heels, the heel of a victory and then we're instantly find ourselves in our vulnerable place and that's where the enemy strikes. So what's interesting here is there's so many natural things to this text too that I love. Here he is, he's probably exhausted. If you just killed 850, if you destroyed 850, you'd be tired too. Like, like naturally speaking. 
Corinthians says this, first the natural, then the spiritual. This is a biblical principle my parents taught me all the time growing up is remember that things are first the natural, then the spiritual. And if you look at what Jesus does often, he deals with the natural needs before spiritual needs. Come on, he, he sometimes, he, he, he goes throughout the text and he's like, he looks at people and he's going to heal them, but he's also going to take care of some natural things too. Like he doesn't, he doesn't just transform the woman at the well until he deals with some sin stuff and like is like, you need to stop living with the guy that's not your husband, you know, the fifth one. He deals with natural things and then spiritual things. Come on, God does, works in both spaces. So we have these natural things. He's exhausted. I know. <laughs> totally sleep deprived. <laughs> you know why they use sleep deprivation as torture. I know now, I know now. Um, he's sleep deprived, he's exhausted, he feels alone, he's isolated. Of course he's depressed. Of course he wants to end his life. Of course he's to the end of himself. But what is it that the text shows us that God does or God sends an angel to give him food? A sourdough bread. In psychology, and actually I think it was, um, it's, it's mostly like, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure which, um, which organization started it, but there's an, there's an acronym that psychologists use that actually describes what he's experiencing and we all experience this, and it's HALT. You know this, right? What is it? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Never make a decision if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Halt. The psychologists use this. Am I, is, Jay, is this true? Jay, like, but, but make it like sound like you, you kind of, okay, thank you, thank you. Jay is so sweet. He's like, yeah, and I'm like, Jay, that wasn't that convincing. I, need, I needed like more from you. I needed the earthquake and the fire and the wind from you right there, not a whisper. Um, so the, this is used in a lot of um, recovery um, movements and, and, and ministries. They use this, they say halt. And Lord knows I, I have to use this, especially when, when you get married, you better say halt a lot when you're about to like enter into a discussion, right? You better stop yourself and go, am I hungry? <laughs> Am I angry? Am I lonely or tired? Is this conversation worth it? Because it's going to get real bad real soon. Where are the married people at? You know. You can't have those kind of conversations when you have any of those things. What do you need to deal with first? First of all, go take a nap. Sometimes we just need to go take a nap. Like I'm being literal right now. I'm actually being literal. Like sometimes you're just, you get cranky, you're mad at God, you're mad at your friend, you're irritable, whatever. It's because you stayed up till four in the morning playing Xbox. I don't know, do people do that? And you were like on the little, I'm getting, don't admit it. People are like, yeah. I wanted you to be convicted. Like, and they're like, like so proud. That was the best. Actually, I love that. Thank you. Um, but I mean, oftentimes it's like, I, I, go eat hangry. Have you ever been hangry? Oh, yes. Oftentimes we just, we just get ah, all riled up because we need, to, we need God to deal with some or remind us about maybe taking care of some natural needs. And we do need to be in a position to hear God, but sometimes God has to deal with those natural needs before he can even speak to you. You can't hear him when you're tired and you're hungry, and you're angry, and you're irritable, and you're isolated, and you're alone, and you're frustrated. God can't, you're, you, you don't have space for him. You're like that anxious person that's walking around and like speed walking. And God can't even, he can't even speak to you. 
So God has to say, halt. Come on. So the angel, he sends the angel and the angel brings Elijah food. Because God's like, I can't even reason with you right now, Elijah. Like you're, you're exhausted. You're, exa- you're stressed. You're exhausted. You're full of fear. Even if I said anything to you, you would not hear me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to feed you. I'm going to get you some rest. You're going to take a, you're going to have a good sleep under this tree. You're going to get some bread. You're going to have some water and you're going to get ready to go on your journey. And then God is able to speak. Some of y'all have got to deal with some natural needs first. Some of you got to turn that TV off. Some of you got to delete some apps. Some of you need to stop going with those people to those places because you know you can't be hearing Jesus in no club. <laughs> I mean, the music's just too loud. <laughs> and the lights are causing me to go, uh, uh, you know, I can't do it. I can't hear him. I can't feel him. Nothing. You laugh, but you all still are like, oh yeah, let's go downtown, you know? I'm like, and then tomorrow we'll be at GC, or we're not GCD, CYA. <laughs> I am tired. CYA. Or we're going to come to morning service. Come on. God wants you to deal with some natural things so that he can speak to you. Some of you have so many distractions and you have so many things that some of you, and and I love you for it. So I I package this with love. Some of you are lazy. Okay. I love you, but your mama did everything for you or your dad or your girlfriend or your, I don't know who, but somebody. And now you just expect people to do, and that you're like, well, why? I, I want God to speak to me, but like, can someone help me? To? It's like, no, you need to like, you need to stop being so lazy. You need to get up early in the morning and get in your Bible. Go, go to the, go to early morning prayer with the men. Men, there, I believe in, in Rob, Pastor Rob talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We had an altar full of men. It was, I've never seen it in the history of this church. I called my dad after the service, my brother and my mom, and all of them concurred. They've, we've never in our life seen an altar call where just men came to the front. I, there's a move of God for the men of this house. I believe it. I believe it. It was, it was significant. It was prophetic. So men, what's your response to that? Get up and go to early morning prayer. You know, get go, get up with a group of guys, do a small group, and like, hey, we're gonna pray, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be accountable to each other, we're gonna do these things. See, all of that stuff, it's man, it, doesn't it sound good? And you're like, yeah, right now you're like, yeah, amen, pastor, I want to do it. But then morning comes around. Oh, trust me, I know. And you're like, that bed is so comfortable, and you think just one more day, one next week I'll do it, next week I'll do it, next week I'll do it. And then, but then you still are like, God, and you come to see why you're like, God, tonight be the night that I get a prophetic word. Speak to me tonight, God. Lord, give Pastor Tracy a prophetic word for me. Spirit fingers. Let her, I'm going to make eye contact with her so she just like, you know. Oh, I did. I trust me. There are so many times that the prophetic person would come and be like, me, me, me. Or there were seasons I was like, please not me, please not me. But we, we want God to do all these dramatic things and God's like, okay, but I need you to do some natural things. I need you to respond to my to my, like, remember the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you. And so God in his kindness sends Elijah, the angel, and sends him food. He deals with his natural need first, in his kindness. God in his kindness towards you will often be pushing you to deal with a natural need before he gives you the word or speak to you and answer that question that you have. 
He's going to deal with some natural needs. Who would say in this room, there's some natural things you need to take care of? That God's been talking to you about for maybe a while. Right? Like just, and they don't have to be dramatic things. It could just be something that God has just like said, hey, remember when I told you not to do that and you keep doing that? Or hey, remember how I've said, take a social media break and you can't do it? Or maybe, uh, you know, that person is not the best person for you right now. Like there's 10,000, there's what, 6 billion people in the world. You're, you're going to make it. Like if you just say for now, we can't be friends. That is, as, a youth, as a young adult pastor, youth pastor, it's funny when you try to tell people that, hey, you probably just need to stop hanging out with those people because they're not good for you. You would think that we just told them like, you know, chop off your hand right now. <laughs> chop it off. Listen to me, I'm your pastor. They're like, get rid of my friend? Yeah, the one who keeps putting you in jail. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Come on, Rob. Come on. It's like, we're not, it's good for you. Remember, God is not bound to your expectations and your will and what you want. He's bound up in what he knows is right for you. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, there's a, there's a windstorm. It's a tornado. Remember, he gets his food. He, he gets some rest. And he journeys for 40 days. So it was some good sourdough. And he gets to this cave. And then all of a sudden, God starts speaking. Right? So he took care of his natural need. Then God speaks. So then wind comes. And I'd be like, oh yeah, here it comes. Come on. Right? Have you ever been in a situation, in a circumstance, or, or even a service where you're like the, the presence was moving? You're like, okay, it's coming. He's going to speak to me. I'm getting it, you know? I'm gonna, it's like he's going to write on the wall, or I'm going to hear the audible voice, or that pastor's going to prophesy over me, you know? Like, we, we've been there. Nothing. Nothing. Like, it was like, oh, well, that's cool that they got a word, but I've, you know, I've been fasting, you know, <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> I fasted since lunch. <laughs> but it wasn't in the wind. Then an earthquake comes. Come on, I would have, I mean, if I was Elijah. No, and, and remember who Elijah is. I mean, Elijah has seen some powerful things. And don't, don't mistake, God can speak in those kind of powerful ways. God does speak through wind storms and tornadoes and earthquakes. And come on, he's the one who parted the Red Sea. He's the one whose Aaron's uh, rod like butted, right? Like crazy things have happened. Jesus was like doing crazy things and, and raising people from the dead. And he's causing people to get out of, um, you know, get up and walk. And he's like literally like aggressive. He's like, get up and walk. And the person's like, I never have. He's like, well, now's the time. You know, he's like spitting in dirt and stuff like that, putting them in their eyes. And only Jesus should do that. I'm just going to move on. But hey, hey. Um, and, he, and he does this. And, and these are dramatic and powerful and anointed and all these things are happening. But that's not only the way that he speaks. So the earthquake comes and, and Elijah, who, who's seen God's power and knows his power, is probably thinking it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Nothing. He doesn't hear God. Then there comes fire. Come on, it's got to be in the fire burning bush. He knows that. Elijah knows. He's like thinking there's, there's got to be some sort of like symbolism here. The fire. He knows about his ancestor. Those, uh, you know, he's probably, he's probably heard the stories of Moses and the burning bush. And he's like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Nothing. And I imagine the discouragement starts sitting in again. Right? Remember, he's still discouraged. I mean, he's got some energy now and, um, and, he, and he's maybe in a better place, but, but I bet the discouragement was trying to come in again. Why? Because he was vulnerable. He was vulnerable. And then all of a sudden, 
there's a whisper. And the Bible says this, a gentle whisper. And that's how God begins to speak to Elijah. As it says in, I can't remember what verse, probably like 18. No, I don't know. And after the wind and after the earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake and, and, and after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after that, his sound of a low or a gentle whisper. Just, I just, just stop for a second. How awkward is silence and a whisper? Like, it, it, I, I would just expect more if I was Elijah. I expect more as a Christian, as a pastor. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, I'm, I've been grown up in church. I've raised in church. I've been in ministry for a really long time now. And I still, I still have to, I still struggle to just wait for the whisper. And so much so, you guys, I got my car to drive here and I'm fiddling on my phone to find a song because that's what good Christians do. They get worship music on, especially when they're getting ready to preach. And I'm trying to find a good worship song, you know, to get me in the spirit. And then I, I mean, I, I felt, I heard the whisper. I felt the Holy Spirit just say, no, just sit in silence. You're about to preach on whisper. And I was like, good point. <laughs> and I was like, but I get real anointed with the word, with the songs, you know, I like, oh, I, I feel it. It gets in my bones. And I just sat there and I'm driving and there was this most beautiful sunset. Like, I don't know if you guys were outside when not outside. It was just like crazy. It was just beautiful. This line of gold, like it was just this golden orange line. And I just, I, and, and then I just saw these, I'm, it was picturesque. And then these birds, you know, through the, you know, they're like all these birds and I don't love like birds, but it looked cool, you know, against the sunset. And I'm just driving and I'm laughing as I'm like thinking, I think I have to get God through noise and through constant distractions and even worship songs. And I'm going to say this. I love worship. I was a worship leader way before I was a preacher and I loved it. And I still love worship, but I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we have to be careful that we don't replace worship with our only ability to hear God or get in his presence or be in him. We sometimes use it as a crutch. Like Maverick City, love you. I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. Like would love to know you, but I could live without you. Amen? Amen. Like, I love them. I love worship. I, 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 anybody who knows me, that's like my heartbeat. I would, I would probably do worship before anything else just because I love it. And I love what, the, what God does through it. But worship is, is, in my mind, worship tills the ground. It gets my heart ready for the seed of his word. So if worship becomes my idol, because I, I can see that happening sometimes. Sometimes we make worship the idol and not the tilling of the ground so that God can speak through, right? So when I come to church, I worship because that's me getting my heart ready. Like, like a farmer goes and gets the ground and the soil good. He makes sure it has the right minerals. He tills the ground. He rakes it. He gets rocks out, leaves out. Anything that would choke out the seed, he's going to get it ready. And then it's the word, the seed of the word. As it's being preached or it's read or it's been a part, it goes down into good soil. And Pastor Garrison talked about this at the retreat. And it goes into good soil. And then when it goes in good soil, then good fruit can come. So I love worship. But I've, I had this moment as I was driving here and the Holy Spirit's like, just sit in silence for a second. My word, can you ever? And I was like, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. And I sat there and I had this amazing moment with Jesus. And then the prayer of my heart 
was just bubbling up because I was able to hear and I was listening and I was seeing things different and probably clearer and better. And I wasn't being influenced by the song (laughs) and being so distracted. I was singing the song instead of listening to God. And I was so distracted, like trying to harmonize because I love that, that I was, you know, I wasn't able to hear what God was trying to say. I just sat in silence and I drove and I drove down right down here. And I I had to keep myself from crying because I was like, pull it together, Trace. You're almost at the church. You'll probably cry at the ministry time. Just wait. And I'm driving and I just felt his, and I could just feel the presence of Jesus. I could just, I just, I felt his anointing. I remembered the moments that God had, had just encountered me as I just sat in his presence in this very room and just, just meditated on him and just pondered his goodness and his faithfulness and all these things. And I got here and then we get into worship and you could feel Jesus. And there were moments I just sat down and I just, I just took a breath and I just, listen to God and I let him come in a gentle whisper. A whisper? Whispers are weird, right? It's mostly breath. (sighs) Whispers are breath. But it's significant. It's significant that whisper is a breath. Why? How were you made? (sighs) Genesis 2-7 says that God made Adam. Why or how? Through... He breathed into his nostrils. He breathed onto Adam. He breathed life into you. That is how we, he, we come and we are, we are being. He whispered into the dust of humanity. And that is why we exist. There's power in a whisper. There's power in breath. See, breath is significant in both the Old and the New Testament. The breath of God symbolizes is his Holy Spirit, Right? So we, we, we need the breath of God. We need the whisper. It is, it is, it is the breath of God and the whisper of God that is most, trans, is, I believe, is the thing that can most transform us. Why? Why? Because to hear a whisper, I have to slow down. I have to be quiet. And I have to lean in. I got to get like this. An earthquake and a fire and whatever else. I forgot what was the other one. Wind. I can just sit right there and I'm mostly terrified. God knew. Think about the fragile state Elijah was in. I don't think he needed an earthquake. I think he was like kind of overwhelmed. I really do. I think a fire would have set him over the edge. I think wind would have caused him to go in a full-on breakdown. So what does God do? God knows what he needs. God goes, Elijah, Elijah. And it causes him to stop. He's got to lean in. And when you lean in, what are you doing? You're getting closer to God. You're getting closer. See, whispering is so intimate, isn't it? I remember the first time like Garrison whispered in my ear. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, you're like, ah, it's the best. Because it's like the most intimate thing, right? Now it's like, stop whispering. (laughs) Just kidding. We always have to whisper now because we have a baby. We're like, what? (laughs) It's not that powerful now. But that first time is like, wow, there's so much intimacy in a whisper. Why? Because it's like, it it causes you to get close. 
You have to lean in. There, there's, there's, this, there's this, this special connection that happens when you're able to just listen and you hear a whisper. To hear God's voice, Elijah actually had to give his full attention to God. You need to give your full attention to God. Why can't you hear him? Because you're not leaning in. And so you miss it. Elijah had to listen to God's voice with a quiet and gentle heart, not anxiety. He couldn't be pacing. He couldn't have the TV on. He couldn't be strolling, scrolling on his phone. He couldn't be like incessantly talking to someone just so that if he stopped talking, all his bad thoughts and the things that concern him, come on. He, didn't, he doesn't want to deal with it, so he just keeps talking. And he, and he doesn't want to think about anything, so he just scrolls and reads. And he, he, he doesn't want to deal with his past and, and she doesn't want to address it. And so she's just going to go out and hang out and, and hang out with these people and have fun and, and keep doing what she did before, even though she knows it's not good for her. But man, it keeps her numb and it keeps her from thinking about that stuff and it keeps her from worrying about that stuff and it keeps her from being anxious about that stuff. And here is God in a whisper and he needs you just to quiet your soul and lean it. And give him your full attention, not part of your attention, not half of your attention, not some of your attention, but all of your attention so that he can speak to you. He wants to get close to you so he can speak to you, but you have to lean in. We lean towards a whisper. We need to lean towards God. The goal of hearing God's voice, hear me, the goal of hearing God's voice is not just hearing his voice, it's intimacy with him. The reason I want to hear God's voice is not so that I get some prophetic word about some awesome thing I'm going to do 10 years from now. <laughs> the goal of hearing God's voice is not for somebody or to read that I am just amazing and powerful and I'm going to do signs and wonders. <laughs> the goal of hearing God's voice is not for him to tell me what is in my future and you know who I'm going to marry and how many kids I'm going to have and what kind of job I'm going to have and how much money and when I'm going to retire and when I'm going to go on that trip and when I'm not, that, that's not the goal of hearing God's voice. The goal of hearing God's voice is to be ever so close to him. I want to hear him because I want to know him more. And I want to know what he, what he wants for me. The goal of hearing God's voice is for me to know my savior. He speaks in a whisper because he wants to be close to you. And he knows the only way he can be close to you is to get you to quiet your soul, to slow down, to lean in, to get rid of distractions. And he gets your full attention. We sing it. I want to lock eyes with you. Come on. Can you just imagine that? Ooh, I want to lock eyes with you, Jesus. Can you imagine? I want to lock eyes with you. Just come on, just for a minute. Just imagine you're face to face. Chaos could be swirling, and I promise you it is. I know. I know the chaos of this world. I know. I want to lock eyes with you. 
he's going to talk to you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to surround you. Oh man, he is going to show you how much he loves you. He's going to remind you how he went to a cross for you. He's going to speak to you the way you need him to speak to you. But you've got to stop. Lean in. Listen to the whisper. Some of you cannot, some of your minds right now are just like... Take a breath. Just go. Just take a breath. Silence is not bad. Stillness is not bad. Just take a breath. Just take. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Take a breath. Lean into the God who's so powerful and so mighty. Created the whole cosmos and the whole world, and he can do incredible things. I mean, he can part the Red Sea, he can heal blind eyes, he can he can eradicate cancer, he could, he could at, at one moment, he could save the whole planet, he could rescue every person in, in, in a single second, he could do anything he ever wants at any time. And you know what he wants right now? He wants to whisper to you. He just wants to be close. He wants to talk to you. But he needs you. He needs you to be still and to listen and to lean in right now. Come on, close your eyes. Some of you can't even close your eyes because you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Just close your eyes. Lean in. He wants to quiet your soul right now. Just let him. Get all those thoughts out, whatever whatever it is. Like, what time is the service going to be over? I really want to eat this at this place. I want to talk to that guy after. Come on, get it all out of your mind right now. Just get it out, get it out, get it out. Get quiet. Give God space. Friends, it's not that he doesn't speak. It's that we don't give him space to hear. Just come on for a second. needs before you were even able to speak. God, I pray right now you would you would start addressing some natural things, Lord, that we've got to remove so that you can speak. God, what is it? What is it in my heart, in my life that keeps me from hearing you? David, King David says, search me, know me. He's like, come on, there's there's stuff in my life that is not right and I need it to be right. I want you to take a moment right now and I want you to just have an honest conversation with God. Like, God, what is, what's not right in my heart? What am I so distracted by? What am I so consumed by? More consumed than you are with the love of God or knowing him, 
or spending time with him. By the way, that's an idol. <laughs> Anything that you desire more than him is an idol. What is it that, what is it that's keeping you? Come on, there's things, we all have them. And I think the Holy Spirit right now wants to address some of that stuff. It's okay. You know what's great about 1 Kings 19? Is that God is so compassionate to Elijah. He comforts him first. He gives him food. He gives him rest. He gives him food. Come on. God right now wants to take care of you. He wants to, he wants to comfort you right now. deal with some pride. I feel like that is a, I, I feel it in, I just really feel like the Holy Spirit is dropping that in my spirit, that there are people that really, really have a hard time hearing God because of pride. And this is the tricky thing about pride. People that have pride never think that they have pride. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the devil's tricky way. But there's some pride and people have probably said it to you before or maybe tried to point it out or maybe the Holy Spirit has been revealing it to you. But what is pride? Pride pride thinks you're better than others. I think Pastor Chris talked about this, didn't he, a little bit this morning. He's like, we tend to think we're up here and everybody else is down here. You can't, you can't receive from people. You don't, you, you tend to think you know more, you're better or... You just struggle with pride. Pride will keep you from being able to hear God's voice in a still small voice. You can't hear a whisper with pride because pride is louder than God. Pride tells you, you don't need God. I could preach all, that was actually the direction of the message I was gonna preach and I'll get to it, but close your eyes. Just, this is between you and the Holy Spirit, but I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling some people in the room when that, one of the things that they need to deal with is their pride, if that's you. I just I just want you to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I just want you to raise your hand right now across this room. Pride has been an area. Thank you for your courage, your boldness. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.